Um, I appreciate the pastor um, giving me this opportunity. And um, God has downloaded a lot of things inside of me. And how in the world this is going to come out, I don't even have a clue. Um, I'm, I believe in order. Um, if I can get everything together here, because I want to make sure that I stay where I'm supposed to be at. And how this is going to work out, I'm not sure. I got a notepad here, and it's got so much stuff in it. I said, Lord, if you don't give this to me, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this, because I'm going to mess it up. And I don't want to mess it up. We are the church. God loves us. We have the power. And we have what we need. I'm going to start by reading where God started me at. And it says in Why I Love My Church. You know what? God had to do a little work inside of me. When the pastor first asked me that, something happened inside of me. I had to ask myself a question. I said, do I really love my church? And ultimately, the answer was yes. I grew up in church. I've seen a lot of things. And God has gotten me to where I'm at today because of the church, because the church loves me, and I love the church, and God loves the church. So where God starts me at today is in Ephesians chapter 4, and this is what God says. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord... I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another, endeavoring to keep the unity, that means trying hard, of the spirit of the bond, in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called into one hope and one calling, one Lord, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one Father of all who is in all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Because the very first time I read that and it said, in you all, I'm thinking about everybody, that God was in everybody. But God is in the church. The church are the people who belong to God and has given their life to Christ. So we are the church. And God tells us, God wants us to have unity. God wants us to walk together. God is, when God called us, we are one. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes we do what we do and what do we do sometimes we argue sometimes we might get our feelings hurt sometimes we go through things that that we don't understand and we begin to ask questions like i did when i first when the pastor first asked me to speak about this i said oh lord i said please help me i said because i need your help and god has done that and here paul was stating that he was a prisoner of the lord he was a slave he was a bond who are we when, when I gave my life to Christ, I said, okay, Lord, here I am. You can use me any way you want to. You can use me how you want to. I want to see the power back in the church. I began that when I was young. I began saying that. God made me a watcher. God, God saved me when I was 13 years old. And what happened to me when I was 13 years old? I had already seen things in the church that most people probably shouldn't have even seen that was in the church. And God was using those things. I was the one that was supposed to sell his home when, when God called me into the ministry. I was the one that was supposed to sell my house and go off into the ministry somewhere. But you know what? That didn't happen. Because I'm OJT, on-the-job training. God trained me. I didn't know God was going to do me that way. Do I need some education? Yes, I do. I read God's Word and I pray, and then God gives me understanding. And that's okay to do it that way. God knows the type of person that I am. Each one of us are made different, but we are still the body of Christ. Each one of us has different gifts that God has given us. But God's going to take those gifts, and he's going to use those gifts, and he's, we're going to apply them to where we should do. Each one of us are going to be a worker for the Christ. We are a servant of God, and God expects us to use those for his glory. Um, you know what? I got, I got, I got, I got to go right here for right this minute. I, I just got to do this. You know what? There was a time in my life that I told God. I said, and and I don't even know why. There was there was some reason that I just stated out that I said, Lord, I don't trust you. And everybody looked at me like, what? 
I didn't say that to people. I said that. And something happened on the inside of me. It's like something was taken away. But you know what? I'm going to stop the lie today from the enemy because I'm going to announce this in the, pro, in the public. God, I do trust you. You are Lord. You are, you are my Lord. God made us, and we are his people. We're under God's authority. And then God put us under authority. You know what? In, the, in, the, in today's world, the author, a lot of people don't know what authority is. But you know what? God's going to use us as the church to teach them. And I heard that word that I think Pastor Tracy gave last week, that the Lord put her in front of somebody, and she didn't know how to talk to them, or they didn't understand. They didn't know. They did not know. And that kind of hit me in a way that it's never hit me before. She was right. They don't know. They might have heard about God, and they might know about God, but they don't know everything. And I believe that's where God has us in the church today, that we're together so that we can know, we can learn from each other. And this is what I want to say, too. I want to say that I need you. I need the church. There was times like Pat, uh, Ed said today, he said he signed the I quit list. You know how many times I signed that list, the I quit list? I don't want to quit. I really didn't want to quit. But there was something about it that I just said I wanted to walk away. But you know what? God didn't allow me to walk away. If I'd have walked away today, I wouldn't be here standing here in front of you talking because the enemy is a thief. He'll steal. He'll lie. He'll cheat. He'll kill. He'll try to take us away from each other. And that we got to realize that as God's people, what the enemy is trying to do, that he's trying to destroy us. And we don't want that. We're going to have to stand up for one another and begin to do what God told us. We are a chosen people. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are God's people. We are a priest. We are God's priests. We're to go out and tell others what God has done for us. We're also kings. Kings have authority. And you know what? God is our authority. And yes, we're under authority. But also God gives us authority. You, you realize the people that God is going to bring to us in this church or to the church as a body of people. You know, we have a place that we meet, and yes, we're a local church, and I love my local church, but also as you go out and you meet other brothers and sisters in Christ, they're also part of the church, and we got to come together, and we got to be one, and we got to do what God has called us to do. Thank you, Lord. And God is holy. God, God says that we're holy. We're holy because God is holy. We're a special people. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes we, it, our, our head goes stupid because what happens is the enemy attacks our thoughts. And the first thing when we get those thoughts, what do we do? We play on those thoughts. Sometimes we make them bigger than what they are. And that's what no, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to take, and this is what I used to do. Before I came to Legacy, I didn't even know what it was to put on the armor of God. I didn't even have a clue what that was. And I grew up in the church. But let me tell you something. When, when, when that thought comes to your head, I'm sitting there thinking about something else. I thought about something that I liked. And you know what? And I didn't learn until I came here that you're supposed to be thinking about God's word. Now, how in the world did I did not get that? And I had to come here to learn that. But you know what? That's where God brought me at. I didn't know because I wasn't taught. And there's a lot of people out there that don't know things. They may know God. They may know about God. But God's going to use us to be able to draw them to him. We are God's tool. We are God's instrument. And you know what? I told God, I said, I want to see the power back in the church. I want to see the fire back in the church. Because they're looking at us. We're God's template. And we got to show them the way. And if we don't show them the way, who is? Who's going to show them the right way? All of y'all can look at the news and you know what's going on there. It's not God's way and it's not the right way. So we got to remember who is the church. We are the church and what we're supposed to be doing. And that's what God is telling us to be that template. To, to show people the right way. And I thought about it this way too. I said, okay, Lord, you have me here. Is my heart all in it? Is my heart all in it? Am I all in? Am I all in for who? First and most of all, am I all in for God? And then am I all in for each other? And then do I have your back? And then do you have my back? 
Because you know, what the, you know what the world's looking at? They're looking for the right way. They're looking for something with power. They're looking for, for their hope. They're looking for peace. They, they can go to all kinds of things and, and look this way and that way, to the left and to the right, but God told us to stay on what? He told us to stay on that path. If the church is on the right path, then we're going to be able to lead those people down the path. What happens when you go down a path? It begins to get marked after a while, doesn't it? It begins to get, okay, this is, this is the path that God said to go. I can, I can do anything that I want to do, but God tells us. He said right here in his word, where he said this right here, he said, walk worthy of your calling. And I thought about that word worthy. Okay, Lord, what does the word worthy mean? I know you've made me worthy, God. I know you, I'm worthy of you. But it's also, God's word tells us to also, it's our character. How about my character? How am I acting as a child of God? What am I doing? Am I leading you the right direction? And God works on our character. And God works on our actions. And God works on our attitude. And sometimes my attitude is not good. I'm the most, most impatient person that you've ever seen. I think God works on the church all the time with our patience. Because you know what? When I, when I get up in the morning time, if I'm driving down the road, and the first thing, you know, I might have my uh, radio on, and that's very seldom. I'll cut it on, on um, a radio station and listen to God's music. And I just don't like a, loud, a lot of loud music. And um, sometimes I do like to crank up the worship music because it's praising God, and it gets my spirit moving. That's why I said, I need you. I need you as the church. You've you got to help me. I want to make it. I want you to make it as the church. And God's going to let us make it if we're, if we're in unity with each other. We're going to make it. But as I'm listening to that and I'm driving down the road and somebody comes over on top of me, what's the first thing that comes out of my mouth? Oh, my goodness, that knucklehead. And it usually ain't that. But I can tell you something else. But see, God's building and working on my character. So I, God can make me the man of God. When somebody says, like Paul said, keep your eyes, follow me as I follow Christ. So I can follow um, God, the godly way, and show others the right way. Um, as we walk in unity, and as we walk in the power of God, it's, gonna, it's like a magnet. It's going to draw. It's going to draw people to it. They're going to see it, and they're going to be excited about it. And they're going to say, hey, I want some of that. I want a, I want a piece of that. But you know what? There's going to be a lot of things that they went through. And we just got through singing that song, we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. God's getting the church ready so that when they come in, guess what? We're going to be ready to, to teach them and to serve like God tells us to do. Also, God tells us here in his word, he says that we are one body, one spirit, just as we were called into one hope and, the call, and we were called into our calling. You know what? I thought about that. And there's been many times that I witnessed the people and I said, there ain't but one God. And people look at me like, uh, I got here by an explosion, and I'm thinking, yeah, you did. Something really did explode. You heard the word of God. When God speaks, something moves. Things move when God speaks. I said, but there ain't but one God. And you know what? They want to see that in the church. They want to see that power. They want to see that hope. They want to see who we are. And we as the church, there's no confusion. There's no confusion when God is in control. The enemy is confusion. He'll make up things and he'll tell us lies and we'll believe them. And then the next thing you know, you say, what, what happened to my power? What happened to my hope? What happened to my courage? And as we come together and encourage one another, God says, this is what I'm trying to show you. I want, I want you to be an example for those that are out there. And the next thing that I put on here, I'm being an example after we're an example. It says God called us to be holy. God is holy because he is holy. We worship him. We serve him the best that we know how. But it also comes down to our character and to our actions and our attitude. And when God is moving inside of us, you know, sometimes it's easy. It's easy for me to come in here and to worship God and to praise God. And I can be holy in here. But as soon as I go out those doors, what, what happens? 
Do you notice sometimes? Are you listening? Are you watching? Are you watching your attitude? Are you watching your character? Are you watching the words you say? Are we watching how we treat people? Are we forgiving people? Or can I, am I just saying I forgive you when I'm up here in the front in the church and then walk back out the door and still hold something against you? That's not forgiving. God says to have a forgiving heart. And sometimes we have to ask God, help me to forgive. Give me the courage to forgive. You know, there's things that I've done before, and I've had, to, I've had to go to people and say, hey, I'm sorry. And that was the hardest thing God had me to do. But God was building my character. God was telling me that, hey, I'm going to give you the courage to be able to do this. So I had to go and do that. There's been many times that I have apologized to people because of my actions or my attitude. And I'm going to tell you something else that God gave me. When I was a kid, I was a watcher and I was a looker inside the church. I always watched people, what they were doing. And I was always wondering why this went that way, why this went that way, and what was happening here. But you know what? God was training me because he had already saved me. And he knew that if he didn't rescue me and if he didn't save me, that I was going to really be messed up beyond anybody else rescuing to begin with. And you know what? I think about those kids that we have here in our church and the kids that we cross each and every day in our lives. My wife works with kids at school, and we, they're watching us. And believe it or not, they know. They're watching. Especially if God touched their heart, they know. They know what's going on. They know if you're right. They know what's wrong. And God is molding their life. And I don't want to be that person. What God says is if we're a stumbling block to them, and God said it would have been better for you to take a millstone, hang about your neck, and drop into the depths of the ocean. I, w I would not want that on my shoulders at all. That's why I said we've got to be an example of Christ. We've got to walk in God's power. Because that's what God tells us also as we're the things we speak. In Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And also it says in uh, James uh, 3.8 says no man can ta tame the tongue. It is unruly, it is evil, it is full of deadly poison. And then I think about this right here. When, when I think about something that's full of deadly poison... The first thing I think about is a snake. If you have a snake that bites you, what happens? That poison goes into your veins. It goes into the bloodstream. It affects the organs. And then they begin to shut down. And then what happens when those organs begin to shut down? It takes the life out of it. It takes the life out of things. And that's not what we want our tongues to do. Our tongues are designed to praise and worship God. I told the kids before many times, God gave me big hands. These hands are supposed to be gentle. These hands are supposed to be loving. These hands are supposed to be helping. These hands are not made to do damage. These hands are God's hands. When I gave my life to Christ, I gave him every part of me. And all these things will work together for God's glory. <clears throat> also, as we think about... Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Make sure I got my place here. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God says to put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the tricks and the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers and of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly host. When I thought about this right here, I was listening to God. And as the church, we're supposed to be learning how to put on our weapon. You know, when you think about someone that's in the military, 
and in the army and they're being trained and they're constantly practicing what they're to do. They know their weapon. They know it inside out. They can take that gun apart. They know where the springs go. They know where the shells go. They know where the cartridges go. They know every part about that gun. You can take that thing apart in the dark. That's how good you know it. And I believe that's how God wants us to know his word. He wants us to be ready. when we Because if we aren't ready, he can't send it. If we aren't ready, he can't send our revival. He can't send us people if we're not ready. If we don't dissect it, if we don't learn how to work it, if we don't know what we're saying, if we don't know what we're doing, God can't send it. And I believe God does want to send us revival. And I believe that God's going to send us people. <clears throat> what is our weapon used for? It's used for defense. We want to defend. We want to defend who? We want to defend ourselves. We want to help defend each other. And we want to make sure that we know it. So when, if I came in here with a situation, I was telling you something I was going through, and if you didn't know God's word or where you could find it at, and, and I needed some help, and if you didn't know God's word, you wouldn't be able to help me, would you, very much? But if you knew God's word and something I was going through, and maybe you already been through it, then you, you're able to help me. And then I can grow in Christ and learn. Maybe learn from a mistake that I made, or maybe learn from a sin that I made, or maybe uh, learn from something I'm just going through. And that's what God expects us to do as his church. We don't fight the flesh. I don't desire. I have guns. I don't desire to hurt nobody. I love to shoot. I love to shoot targets. I love to blow stuff up. That's a guy. We love to do stuff like that. But I don't have one desire in my heart to kill nobody, and neither do I want to. That would be something I would have to live with the rest of my life, and then knowing me, I'd be guilty all the time. And I just don't want that on my hands. And I don't think any man or woman of God wants that on their hands. Now, there is sometimes we have to defend our country, and I don't mind doing that one bit and standing up for country. But most of all, I'm standing up for God. I'm in God's army, and I want to stand up for God. And we're going to defend each other because we're all going to get attacked. You know that. We're attacked probably every Sunday. Matter of fact, Brad, you made a statement the other day, and I have to apologize to you because this is what the church should have actually done. When you was up there and you said, I'm going through something, is anybody else going through this here? You were being attacked. And that's happened many times in the church. And then what do we do? Sometimes we're quiet, and sometimes we might be back there just praying. But probably some of us should have probably ran up front came up here where Brad was at and said, you know what, I don't know what it is either, but it's the enemy, and what we're going to do, we're going to walk this place, we're going to put on our armor, we're going to um, announce and denounce whatever the enemy is trying to attack him up against, and we're going to come together and stand and watch what happens. Watch what happens. He's got to flee. He's going to run. God says to resist the devil, and he will flee. And that's what we have to do. We have to remember that. We've got to remind each other. I heard that word this, this morning about reminding. We're going to put on the first part of the armor that you even put on is the belt of truth. Everybody wants to know the truth. Whether you're sick and you go to the doctor, you're going to want to know the truth. You want to hear the truth. You don't want to hear a lie. But that's what the enemy does. He's going to whisper something in your head, and he's going to try and lie to you, and then we're going to take it and make it maybe something bigger than what it is supposed to be or not supposed to be, and then the next thing you know, we're in trouble because we aren't putting our armor the right way. But then God will put the Scripture in our head. If in our, I ask God to hide Scripture in my heart. When I'm reading God's Word, I ask Him to hide this in my heart. Help me to remember it. It's a battle. It's a battle every day. God says we're to stand and not to run. Having all, done all to stand, we're not to give in to the lies and the, and the demonic forces. God says, did, did David run? David ran from some things, but he also ran to the battle. When he was young, he ran to the battle. He went into the battle. It matter, you had a whole army. That would be like looking at our church, and there's only one person that will stand up and say, hey, I'm going up here to pray. I'm going to run them off. And everybody else just sat back and did nothing because they were struck with fear. Fear is the worst thing that can happen to a man of God or a woman of God or to the church 
Fear will stop any and everything. Fear stopped me from a lot of things. I could have done a lot of things, but when I was a kid, I was afraid of everything. And even it went into my adulthood years that I was afraid of some things. And you know what? But God is working inside of me, and he's working those things out. And he's saying, you can trust me, Robert. And I said, okay, Lord, I trust you. You go ahead and you do in my life what you need to do. And then the power is going to become, is coming back inside of me. And the courage is coming back inside of me. And the hope is coming back inside of me. And the faith is coming back inside of me. But if I don't put on that armor, guess what? What am I going to fight with? My own words? My own words don't mean nothing to the devil. But he knows who I am. He knows that I'm a child of God. And he can't take that from me. He can't take that from you. He can't take that from the church. And we're going to walk in God's power afresh. We're going to walk in God's power anew. And we're going to walk in God's courage new. God's got some new things coming our way. And as they're coming in, we're going to be able to receive them. And there's going to be so many people coming because they're going to be drawn to it. And as they're drawn to it, they're drawn to God. They're not drawn to us. We walk in God's power. We walk in God's hope. And as I thought about the next part, I said, the breastplate of righteousness. Guess what? God made us righteous. We walk under the power of the blood. Jesus says that you are mine and I am yours. I need God. You know what? I thought about it and I, and I felt this so much one day. I felt just the spirit of God right here in the depth. That's the depth of me. I mean, I just felt it right there. God was letting me know I'm right here. I'm with you. You're mine. Don't you listen to the lies of the devil. But sometimes he tells me those lies. And what happens? Sometimes I'll get off a track. Sometimes I, I forget to look off that path that was trodden for me. That somebody else already made one time before. For me to follow. And for some reason the enemy came in. And he tried to steal it from me. Because that's what he is. He's a thief. He's going to try and steal it from you. And we don't want him stealing from the church no more. We don't want him stealing our power. We don't want him stealing our hope. And we're going to stand up. Then I thought about the sandals of peace. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your peace. There's been times and there's been storms that all of us have been through. I remember riding down the road one time, and we were, they had on the news, there's a storm coming. And here we are parked. At the time, I think it was Bees Ferry and, 17, and Highway 17, that fork of that road, was right there. And they were talking about the storm. And as I, it, when I was a kid, I was afraid of storms. Matter of fact, I was in a tornado. I wasn't inside of it, but a tornado came right down the middle of a field when I was a kid. I'm going to tell you something. I, that, that wasn't fun. That wasn't fun. They always said get down the ditch. But you know what? That ditch wasn't doing no good. Because I remember all that dirt just stirring up, blowing in my face. The wind was blowing, and it was moving some things. And I got afraid, and I told a buddy of mine, I said, we're going over there to that house. He says, we're doing what? I said, yeah, we're going all the way across the field to that house. There was a bus sitting in the field, and I wasn't going in that bus because I know what can happen to a bus in that kind of weather. And we ran all the way to it. But you know what? God gave me peace on the inside. That was God's peace. And if I didn't know God's word and remember, and then God, as God gave me that peace, then the courage came back. The faith came back. And that's what I want to happen in our church. I want our courage to come back. I want our faith to come back. When, when, when Brad is playing the worship music, and by the way, Brad, that, that, that's your calling, man. God has you there. That's your calling. And we ought to encourage one another. When you see God's calling on somebody, you ought to encourage that person because all of us have a testimony. Paul had a testimony. I don't have the same testimony that Paul had. I have my testimony that God gave me. And God's going to use it in a special way. He's going to send people in our path. Like me and Mr. Ed were talking about the other day when he was at the shop. They're going to, he's going to send people in our path. Matter of fact, Mr. Ed, that day was, a, was an awesome day because God was sending even other Christians and we were speaking and helping one another and growing in our faith right there in the barbershop. I told a customer, matter of fact, something that was in God's word. 
He'd never seen it before. He says, stop cutting my hair. No, I'm not going to stop cutting your hair because I've got other customers that are going to be coming. I'm not gonna I, after I get through cutting your hair, I'm going to pull it up and I'll show it to you. And that's what I did. I ran over to my, thank God for technology, because I didn't know where it was at, to be honest with you. Where it was at. So I punched it into my um, iPad, and when I did, it came out. I said, all right, here it is right here. I give it to him. He's got over there turning the Bible looking to find out where it's at. And he says, oh, my goodness. I didn't know it was there. I said, yeah, it is. Because at the time when I needed it, God gave me the word to speak. I might not have remembered where it was at, but I had something to help me remember to get back to it. Because there's so many things that I remember in my head, I, you have to learn to recall them. Anyway, as we're learning our weapons, and we, had, we got on all these parts that God requires for us to put on, I thought about the shield of faith. I said, oh my goodness, my faith, Lord, where is it? Sometimes I ask myself, where is my faith? Where is my faith? Where'd you go? It's not, it's not hiding nowhere. Sometimes God has to let us realize where, we're, where we stand at. Where do, where do you stand at? Who do you trust, Robert? Well, Lord, I trust you. I said I trust you. I want to trust you. I want to do what is right. Faith is believing without seeing. And as soon as that word come out of my Faith is believing without seeing. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You know, the enemy tried to, even since I was probably in my 20s, I believe that's when the enemy first started trying to steal that I remember something from me that God had me in to begin with. Me and my wife were in the children's ministry, and the thief came by, and he seen an opportunity where he wanted to steal from me, my wife, from the church. He wanted to steal. And you know what? He did for a little bit. He did for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. My faith was weak. I wasn't that strong because I needed a church. I needed the church. And to be honest with you, where I was at at that time, it wasn't. So, you know what? God got me through it. I'm here today. God got me through it with his hope and his power. But you know what? When God saved me, I had faith enough that God gave me, each one of us, he gives a measure of faith. And I, nobody had to tell me once God called me that Jesus was the Son of God. And he asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And God just simply asked me when I heard the gospel. And I've heard the gospel many times. I grew up in a Baptist church. Heard the gospel all the time. But God didn't speak to me till uh, on a Sunday night. God spoke to me. And most of all, we were watching the crucifixion. And it was simple. So I thought. I'm standing halfway from here in the back. No, excuse me. Third row. That's right. God just brought it back to my memory. Look at there. And he's trying to steal something else from me. He ain't stealing this one. Look here. I was in the third row. All the young people lined up. And they're, they're playing the movie, that The Crucifixion of Christ. And boy, I'll tell you what. After it was over with, God said, do you believe? And I'm standing there. And I'm locked on the pew. And I said, yes. Yes, but I couldn't move. You don't think the devil's in the church? I was 13 years old. You don't think he knew that God had a plan for my life? Sure he did. But God said, you ain't stealing this one. My hands were locked on that pew. And let me tell you something. Some churches will let you die and go to hell. They ain't gonna, they, they didn't have no, they didn't have no discernment. And I was locked on that pew. And guess what? I didn't move. But I already said yes to God. And guess what God kept doing? So I walked out that night without inviting Jesus into my life. But I already said yes to God. He did the calling. I answered. And I was holding on. Guess what? The next Sunday in church, I didn't move. God was still calling. I was scared. I was locked on that pew. 
Some people don't think the devil can come into the church, but he had me locked. I was scared. I wanted somebody to go with me. Matter of fact, that, that's exactly how it started. We were in vacation Bible school a week later. I'm sitting on this side of the church now. So God still knows where I'm at. I started over there. I ended up over here. And I'm on this side. You know what God did? He had the pastor ask a question. He said, Robert, what was the question? He said, how many people want to go to heaven? I do. But I looked at my friend. I said, if you raise your hand, I'll raise mine. God wasn't talking to him. I wanted some help. That's no joke. I wanted some help. I wanted somebody to go with me. I, I, I was afraid to move. Like I said, they'll let you die and go to hell in some churches. But you know what? I remember this happening. After that, I remember when after I raised my hand, that was a door. That was a door. The pastor went to my mom. And he said, guess what? He said, your son raised his hand. And, of course, my mom, she says, okay, what, what, what's going on here? I said, yeah, I want to I wanna ask Christ in my life. She knew. She knew. Moms, moms know. They're praying moms, too. She's probably been praying me for, I'm the only boy out of five girls. Let me tell you something. I was rough. I had to be tough. I had five girls that were going to beat me up. So, you know what? I had to be tough. But they didn't beat me up. I'm just messing with you there. there because they treated me like a king. They sure did. They used to make my lunch and everything else and give me something to eat. But you know what? That day, and I remember, I was sitting probably three or four rows there on vacation Bible school. And guess what? I was thinking, I was fixing to run from God. No, God said, you ain't getting away from me. Because remember, the enemy wasn't stealing me over there. He wasn't stealing me over there. And then that Sunday, I was sitting way back there where that young lady's sitting at, probably about that far right there, all the way to the back. And God says, remember what you told your mom? Yes, Lord, I do. I'm... I'm ready to make this decision. And that's all it really took was the Holy Spirit prompt me just like that. You promised your mom you're going to make that decision this week. And I remember getting out that pew and coming down to the front. But you know what? I needed the church. My faith started there in God. My faith was already in God when I said, first said yes because I trust God. God let me know who he was. And when he called me, what he was going to do, he had that plan for my life. That's what I'm talking about when I was talking about those little kids. God has had a plan for their life. Matter of fact, God even gave me a vision for some of them. You know what the vision is? That they were going to be coming down here, maybe not in this church, but where they were at. The vision is that they were going to be laying hands on people. And they were going to be praying for them. And some would be healed. Some would be delivered. God did that right here in this church. When I was here in Legacy. God did that. Matter of fact, we had that group that came down here. And God used. Let me tell you. I was, I was done like Ed. I done signed an I quit card. I kid you not. That Sunday, I was fixing to walk out the door. I was done. It was over with. There wasn't no more Robert. Robert wasn't going to do this no more. I was going to find some other place, some other where. What is it, God? What are you asking me to do? I'm discouraged. I've lost my hope. I lost my power. God used a 13-year-old boy standing right down here, laying hands on somebody, praying for the people that were coming through. God says, I'm not through with you. You're mine. That's God. When I wanted to quit, and he said, don't quit. He was showing me not to give up. He was showing me how much we need each other. He was showing me how much power that a church can have if we actually come together. And if we do what God says to do. And if we're obedient to God. And if we can begin to walk in his power, in his strength, in his courage. And if we're ready... We get ready by, by spending time with God. I heard that this morning. Spending time with God. Yes, we need to spend time with God. But it ain't always that easy. Because we made our lives what? Busy. And then what do we want to do? We want to collect these things of the world. And God says, don't build up your treasures in heaven. I mean, don't build up your treasures on earth. Build your treasures in heaven. 
I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy no more. I done made up my mind. My mind is set. My, my heart is set. It's made up. That I'm going to do what God asked me to do. I don't care if it embarrasses myself. If God asked me to do it, I'm going to do it. And my wife, I tell you too, it doesn't embarrass her. Sometimes I would think that I embarrass my wife. But hey, that's God working inside of me. Who's going to take that away from me? Nobody's going to take that away from you. If God's working inside of you. I have the power of God. So do you. We are the church. We need each other. And as we begin to move and do these things, we're going to see what God does. And I talk, I've seen a little bit here where I talked about uh, we put on the helmet and the sword of the Spirit. God's Word is powerful. And He's going to do what He says He's going to do. We're going to walk in God's power. And nobody can take that from us. Like I talked a little bit earlier about the helmet as we put our thoughts that come in our head, we got to think about it. We got to think about God's word, hiding it in our heart so that we don't sin against God and so that we can have that power when you need it. And I said today, I said, I'm going to have the church say, I got your back. Because you know what? You need to realize who you are in God. We need to realize that no matter what the enemy tries to do, like that poison, that if we speak something, sometimes that enemy will take that and he'll use our tongues against each other. Because you know why? He wanted to be in authority. And God says, no, God's in authority. Yes, God allowed him to have some power. But you know what? Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Because that power, our power comes from God. That's our power source. And the enemy is not going to steal that from us no more. And the church is going to have to make up their mind and say, you know what? You're right. You're right. We, we aren't going to do this no more. We aren't going to do it my way. Sometimes we're quiet and we're supposed to be a spirit filled church. There ain't no. Let me tell you something. When you get to heaven, there's not going to be nothing quiet about you because you know what? You aren't going to have no more sickness. You aren't going to have no more, no more schemes or lies made up inside of your head. You aren't going to have none of these things. You're going to walk in God. You're in the fullness of God now. Hey, how many of y'all ever had God really touch you? you Look at right here, right here. Some of y'all heard and seen, heard and seen. Why God did me like that, I don't know. But you know what? He was showing me. I'm with you, Robert. I'm here. It doesn't make no difference what anybody else thinks. I'm not going to let it go down like that. It's going down God's way because I've already made up my mind. And that's what the church has to do. We have to make up our mind. Then I thought about, as I talked about that, I thought, thought about the power of prayer. Oh, my word. Man, God has answered so many of my prayers. God has given me way more than what I should have. God, matter of fact, anytime I ever asked God for something, he always went above and beyond. I'm going to tell you a little story, something real quick. When my wife's dad got sick. And we were praying. Oh, my goodness. Her faith, man, her faith was so much more than mine. It wasn't funny. Thank you, Lord, for the power of prayer. God heard our prayer. I said, Lord, just give him five more years. My kids were little. I said, God, just give him five years. God gave him seven. He gave me more than what I asked for. I wanted my kids to know him. I didn't deserve that. But God said, because you're mine, I'm going to give you that. He always has. I didn't deserve it. But that's how much God loves us. That's what he wants to do for us. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. 
There's a lot of things about God that we don't understand. And we're going to go through some things that we might not understand. But you know what? God says call unto him. You know, sometimes we take that. We don't take that too seriously, do we, as the church? You know, sometimes we just call on God and say, oh, God. Matter of fact, I, th I thought about this, and, and I don't even know where this even came from, but God put quickened this in my spirit. When I was little, I was taught this prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. Lord, I pray to my soul you will keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray to the Lord my soul he would take. I thought about that. Where in the world is that in the Bible? Where in the world is that in the Bible? Now I lay me down to sleep. Hey, God told the disciples, hey, you just pray with me How my, just a little bit. Come on. He, he went by there and they were sleeping. I believe, honestly, that's where they got the prayer from. The church shouldn't be sleeping. We should be awake. We should be praying for one another. I need your prayers. Your pastor needs your prayers. We should be prayed up and read up and ready when, when we walk through those doors. I know today I, was, I had a hard time with this message. I didn't even know what scripture to put down here. I had all kinds of things. I got a notebook right here that's got, it's filled from the front to the back. And I said, if I said all those, we'll never get out of here. And I don't even know how to put those together. I didn't even know how to put this together. And I said, God, you got to help me. Because if you don't, yes, I will mess this up. And I said, speak, God, you use me. And God says, you just trust me. Because God told me from the first time that he ever called me into ministry, I was afraid to go into kids' ministry because I was afraid. I didn't have the schooling like everybody else had. But this is what God told me. He said, you just tell them my word. He said, and I, my word ain't coming back, and I'll take care of the rest of it. And that's what I stuck by all these years, telling the kids God's word. And God's word says it will not come back void. And it hasn't yet. And I don't want nobody to ever destroy what God's work is doing in those little kids. Those kids are precious to me. I have God's love inside of me because God put that love inside of me. In the flesh, that love ain't naturally ain't there. But with God, that love is there. Because I know sometimes when them little kids come running up to me, what I do, I get on my knees and I fall to their level. And I hug them. And I have that hug and that deep love inside of me because God put that there. I have that same love for the church. I have that for people because God gave that to me because in the flesh. I'm, I'm not that person. In the flesh, I can get mad real easy and do things I'm not supposed to do. And I don't want to do that. And sometimes I need somebody to help keep me straight. And we're here to help keep, keep each other straight. Thank you, Lord. I remember God brought this prayer to me, and I'm frantically looking after pastor asked me to speak. I'm looking for, okay, God, how do I put this? What do I say? What do I do? I said, I can't do this. Oh, God can do it. The Lord brought this here to me about Daniel's prayer being answered. Because sometimes we're like that in the church. We pray something, and when we pray it, guess what happens? Sometimes we just say, well, maybe God ain't going to answer it yet. Or maybe he didn't answer it. What's God's word say about Daniel? His prayer was heard the first time when he spoke. Thank you, Lord. Your prayer was heard the first time. But there was a battle going on. And help had to be sent. There was a war going on. Hey, there's a war in the church. Every time we come together, there's a war. The enemy's trying to take over. He's trying to destroy what God is doing, and we don't want to see that. We got to stand up and we got to fight. And we got to fight for one another. And we got to fight for our kids. And we got to fight for our country. What is our mission statement? What does our mission statement tell us? It said we're to, to uh, rebuilding lives, and we're about the culture and ministering to people. Every last one of us in here is a minister if you're a child of God. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your prayer. God gave me a few things here that we should think about on praying. When, when you realize the power of prayer and what prayer does, you're, you're going to talk to God. And if, if you're a Christian and you ain't talking to God, 
you're, you're, you're harming yourself, honestly. You're harming yourself because you aren't spending time with God. And God is worth spending time. God took the time to call. God took the time to call me. And why, I don't know. Because he loved me. I do know. I know he loved me. And that's why he called me. But who in the world would have ever thought he'd use a country boy all the way from Ravenel? Who would have thought that God would use a little kid that was 13 years old? But God did in many things. I shouldn't even be here today. I wouldn't even exist. My kids wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for God. Because I literally shouldn't be here. I should have been gone by the age of seven. That's when it first started. Before I even knew, called on God. Then at the age of 14, I really should have been gone. But because I was obedient to my parents, and I listened to my parents, my mom told me at 14 years old, she says, no, you can't go with him. If I'd have disobeyed her, I wouldn't be standing here today. And kids, that's one for you. If you listen to your mom and dad, it will save your life. I'm here today because I listened to my mom. My mom said no. And I had to listen to my mom. The enemy might trick you and say, oh, don't listen to her. Don't you fall for their lies. Because you won't be here if you do. I grew up on a road, man. It took many lives. And that same road the enemy tried to take me on at the age of 14 years old if I wouldn't have listened to my mom. So I'm telling you, obey your parents in the Lord. Because I don't think there's anybody in here that's going to mislead their kids the wrong direction. I know legacy ain't going to misdirect you. I know your moms and dads, if you're a child of God, you're not going to misdirect your kids. And don't think because you're a youth that God can't use you. Because he can. God's used many of young children. God used me when I was growing up. To tell a teacher that no, I didn't come from an animal. I was creating the image of God. But because I didn't put that on my test, she said, here, you get an X on that one. Well, I still passed the test, so there goes you. Because I only got one wrong. And I got that one wrong because you wanted me to answer it your way. But I was taught that I was created in the image of God, and my parents backed it up by God's Word, and they showed it to me. And somebody else was trying to tell me something different. And God said, no. I believe your Word, God. And that's what we're going to do as God's church. Believe God's Word. You know, a lot of us sometimes pray for signs and wonders. I'll never pray a sign, God, show me who you are. I already know who he is. The church knows who he is. The signs I'm talking about is God's wonders, what he does, his signs that he gives us, the power that he gives us, what he can do, something you didn't think God could do. And why in the world would anybody that's a child of God think God couldn't do something anyway? Because God can do anything he wants to do. Because he's God. He's Lord, His authority, His power. He created us, not we ourselves. Thank you, Lord. We pray and ask God for discernment. The church needs to be discerned. And here it is, right there, the thing I was looking at. The qualities that we should possess. And I, I reminded myself right here, our mission. Our mission was reaching people, restoring hope, Rebuilding lives and reclaiming the culture. The church needs to be restored. God is restoring the church. He's getting us ready so that we can do what he's called each one of us to do. So if the enemies put that lie in your head that God can't use you, or let me tell you another one he'll put in you that's, that's been so destructive to people, you will never amount to nothing. That is such a big lie. We've all heard that. Sometimes your parents might have missed and said that. Maybe they didn't know what they were talking about. Maybe they're like Pastor T said. Hey, they don't know. They weren't taught. They don't know. And if they did, if they really knew what kind of damage that would have done, they would have never said that. I can guarantee you that. They would never say that. 
There's no way I'd look at anybody and say, hey, you amount to nothing. That's a lie from hell. And we need to rebuke that lie. And we need to run the devil off from that lie. Because greater is God in us than he that is in the world. And God wants to use everyone that is in here. I don't care what you've done, what you've been through, or or where you think you might be going. God cares about you. And yes, God still has a hope inside of you, in each one of us as the church. That hope is beginning to build back up. It, I remember when I was a kid, we learned this little song. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. That's what I wanted to see in the church. I wanted to see the spark. And once that spark starts, you remember that little flicker right there. And yes, you, I heard the word sometimes dry. Well, let me tell you something. To start a fire, sometimes something's got to be dry. You've got to have dry kindling to start a fire. And once that spark hits it, what's it do? begins to get on that dry wood and it begins to smoke and then the next thing you know the wind blows a little bit or you might take your hand and you wave it hey that's what i want god to do in the church i want god to wave his power i want god to wave his spirit i want that little spark just to start right here and i want god to wave it and as that spark begins what's it turn into it turns into a flame Maybe a flame about that high. You say, now I got it going. No, God's got it going. He's got it going on inside of us. And then here comes somebody else and they put in what God's given them. And then that flame is growing. And now it's it's become a fire. And then, then that fire begins to spread. And then what happens? The next thing you know, the whole place is on fire. And that's what we want. We want the fire of God. I already heard that call. We want the fire of God in us. And we are the church. And then God will put us together. We'll think alike. We'll act alike. We'll look alike. There's a lot of things that we have in common that if you just listen, sit down and just talk with each other, and as you begin to speak and listen to each other, you're going to realize the things we actually do have in common that that God has given us. That's God. And I talked about the qualities in Galatians 5.23. Let me flip over to that real quick. Galatians 5.23. What God tells us. Let me make sure I'm right here. Yeah, Galatians 5. Come on, Lord. You got it. 5.22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such, there is no law. Wow. I've I've hit some of that, but I'm going to tell you something. The fruit, I I thought about the church like like a fruit. We are fruit. We're not fruity, but we're fruit. Some people might think we're fruity, but you know what? We have the power of God, but we're like the fruit. We have God's qualities inside of us. And those things are going to, each one of us might have a different section, a different part, a different way we do things, a different way we witness to somebody, a different way we talk to somebody. We might have a little bit different experiences. But in the bond of the church, we are actually the glue. And I, I liken it, I looked this up and I seen what, what somebody gave, this, gave it to me like this. It's, it's like a fruit. We have the peel that holds everything together. That's God. God is our peel. He's holding us together. We're the church. And, and the church is the glue. And we're going to help hold it. God is the glue too. And he helps hold us together. But then you have the pulp. And what good is the pulp for? And then you have the juice. And then you have the seed. And then you have, if you take it and break it down, then you're going to have the skin that holds it together. You're going to have the pulp that you can eat. If you're hungry, and then you can have the juice to drink if you're thirsty, and then you can have the seeds that you can plant. And well, how does God work inside of us? Just like the fruit. Just like the fruit. What do the people want to eat? We want the fullness. We want the goodness of God. And as we eat and and learn God's word and get God down inside of us and remind ourselves who we are in God and remind ourselves the power and 
People begin to come in and say, hey, I want a part of that. I want to eat a part of that. I want to take a part of that. And then we got the juice that we can drink. And then they say, I'm thirsty. Because when they come inside the church, they're going to be thirsty. Because they're tired of the way that everything else has been going out of there. And they know it hasn't been working. And then they're going to come in here. And they want to see how God's been working inside the church. And as they see that God's been working inside the church, then what are they going to see? They're going to see that we're healthy. They're going to see that we're whole. They're going to see that we have the power. And then, as the seeds are planted... It produces more because as they're coming in, we should be discipling them so that they go out. And when they go out, they're going to plant more seeds and that's going to give more fruit to honor God and to give God the glory and to do what we were called to do. How much time do I have, Trish? Oh, I don't. Oh, my goodness. Lord, forgive me. Okay. One last thing. Praise and worship. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Brad, I was talking about you a while ago and thinking about you on how God called you to be the worship minister. We couldn't have picked no better worship minister. And that's the honest truth. That's from my heart. I appreciate you, what you do, you, your family. And God is using you. And I don't ever want you to think no different. I don't want you to ever think that God's not using you. Because prayer and worship, prayer, they're the same. I mean, it comes in. When you're, when you're praying, then you're, you're worshiping God. And all of us here know that. When you're praying, you're worshiping God. When you're worshiping God, you're praying. It all comes together. And I'm going to tell you something. We love you. And I thank God for people like you that stands up for your faith. Hey, none of us are perfect. I'm not going to judge nobody. And we shouldn't judge each other. We should love each other. And that's what God wants us to do. And I appreciate what you do. And when we walk through those doors, God's word told us, like I said earlier, we should be ready. Make a joyful noise and a joyful shout. God didn't say whisper. When we come in here and Brad says, hey, we're getting wound up and we're getting started. We should already be prayed up. We're a full gospel church. You shouldn't be afraid to open up your mouth and sing and praise God. Yeah, I can't sing that good either. And I'm not always on, on key. But when I'm in the shower, I'm going to tell you something. It sounds a whole lot different because the walls are closed in and the water is poured. And yes, my wife can hear me. And sometimes I'm afraid it's going through the exhaust fan. And maybe the neighborhood is hearing me. But somebody, but I'm going to tell you something. God is going to do something. He's, God is, he's worthy of that praise. And the church ought to give him that praise. And that honor and that glory so that we can walk in the power. That is my power. Matter of fact, when I'm worshiping, praising God, the power of God, the fire of God is coming down. And it's hitting me. And then I'm doing exactly what God has asked me to do. I'm worshiping him and doing it. Because if it wasn't for him, none of us would be here. We, we would have enough. We ought to be the most excited people you ever seen on the face of the earth. Brad mentioned that word today. He must have known that God was going to use that word. I want the excitement to come back into church. It needs to come back in. And it starts here today. When we can praise and worship God. And then on closing, I'm t I'm, as God was having me think about closing, I, ha I put down here, what are we as the church? What are we as the church asking God for? What are we asking God for? You know what I heard? I heard revival. Everybody wants the spirit of God to move. And you know what? God wants that. God wants revival. He's going to send revival, but he's just not going to throw it in our lap. We've got to be ready. If you're ready for it, God's going to give it to us. He ain't going to just drop it in your lap and say, I, I, you aren't going to booger this up. We don't want to do that. I, I don't want to mess up anything that God is doing. So that's what I'm telling you. If, if we're read up, we're prayed up. We have our armor on. I have your back. You have my back. We're praying for one another and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. God is going to send a revival. So this is a few things that I put down that I said, what, what do you want to ask God for? Well, first thing I thought about is, Lord, restoration. 
We need restoring. We need our hope restored. We need our joy restored. What, what, what did the enemy steal from us? The same things the enemy tried to steal from you, God's going to give right back to you. Somebody prophesied over me one time and said, this is what they told me. They said, hey, you know what? I know some of your story. So God's going to give you back what the enemy stole from you. Now, me and him know what that was, what the enemy stole. But God's going to give me that back, what the enemy stole from me. And it's going to be more, it's going to be at least a hundredfold what God's going to give me. That's how good God is. I told God, I said, we need a stirring up. Stir us up. Stir us up in the power of God. Stir us up in the Holy Spirit. We need to fire a God. We need to fire a God in our church, back in the church. It needs to burn again with God's hope, with God's power, if we allow it. And we don't backbite and devour one another. There is a call. There is a, there is a revival call. And I've mentioned that before. That God has a revival call. And as if my people who are called by my name. Will humble themselves. Pray and seek my face. Then I will hear from heaven. God said he would hear us from heaven. That's God's word. And he would heal our land. God's on the way. God's on the way. Keep hanging on. Keep holding on. Keep walking the faith. Keep trusting God. And don't give up. Don't sign the quit papers. I signed it one time before, and God says, uh-uh, it ain't going that way. Don't sign the quit papers. I'm not quitting on God. I don't want to quit. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't either. So let's remember who we are. We're here to remind each other and help each other. Thank you, Lord.